Welcome to Cleveland's newest and Cleveland's best sports podcast. This is Two Guys in a Mic with your hosts Ron Pierce and Sean Davis. Let's go. Are you looking to make a lifestyle change for your health and wellness? Try personal training through Renegade Soul. Follow Renegade Soul 216 on Instagram and Facebook. Go to the website www.renegadesoul216.com. Sign up today for your first personal training session. You're worth it. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to our midweek edition of our podcast. This is Two Guys and a Mic. I am one of your hosts, uh, Mr. Ron Pierce, better known as RP. And I'm your other host, Big Sean. I hope everyone is doing well this evening. I hope everybody's doing well, except for the people that exist in this particular uh, commonwealth slash state. This has nothing to do with you, uh, but it does all at the same time. We here in your bordering state uh, apparently don't give a damn about how you are. About the whole state of Michigan. Not this week. Not within that entire, whatever encompasses that whole thing there. If you're within those borders, we don't give a damn. We just don't. No, we don't. And that's been the way for a long time. This ain't nothing new, right, Sean? Nothing new at all. Robbery's been going on since what, like, 1900 something to 1800 it's been almost 100 years yeah over 100 years yeah so we we do not give a damn for the whole state of michigan most days but during this particular week which which should be michigan week and i'm only saying that name because i need to explain it to folks who might be listening from other places generally we don't use the name we don't use the m we don't speak M's, et cetera, et cetera, because we just X them out. Uh, that's just how we are. We refer to them as the team up north or TTUN. Or that school up north. Or, you know, the school up north. We, we, we do any of those. But we generally don't, you know, during this week, this is our, our rivalry week. And there are number one rivals. Um, it's the biggest robbery in college football. I think only Alabama Auburn rivals is close. And maybe and maybe Very Carolina close. and 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 Duke and basketball. But that's basketball. Yeah. And basketball. As far as the college football, I think the Ohio State Michigan. Only Ohio State Michigan. Only thing that rivals Ohio State Michigan is Auburn Alabama. That to me, that's it. Everybody else is doing. Yeah, it's maybe a rivalry, but it don't rival what we have. So uh, going into this week, I don't lose any of it. I ain't forget none of it. I ain't never like Michigan. I don't like nothing Michigan does. I don't even like Fords. Damn <laughs> <laughs> the only thing I like about Michigan right now is like the Browns drafted a pretty good cat out of Michigan. And he pretty much had to come here to get that Michigan off of him. <laughs> That's uh, now, people's Jones. Hey, hey, don't forget this now. My guy, one of my one of my friends, one of my uh past homies, uh uh Braylon used to say, because I used to give him so much grief, he used to say, people in Cleveland don't love Michigan cats. 
Uh, do you see this behind me by chance? Okay, we don't. But if you come here and prove us otherwise, we got some love for you. Ask Steve Everett. Leroy Horst. Ask Leroy Horst. One of those guys, those are those are guys that came here to play for the Browns. Steve Everett might have been uh, our best center that we've ever had. Steve Everett is still one of my favorite Browns of all time. Yeah. The simple fact, when the Browns moved to Baltimore, he still wore a Browns bandana under his helmet as a protest to the Browns moving. He was in the league, he told him it. not to. And he yeah, did he it for a whole season while he was he there. So Banks. just by him doing that, man, he he's one of my favorite Browns of Actually, all time. Actually, Carl Banks and, 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 and some other folks that I didn't know that I would even – I loved Carl Banks when he was here in Cleveland, but Carl Banks was another one who was like, yeah, we had to keep going contractually. He said, but in his mind and his heart, he was still in Cleveland. Like that right. That meant a lot. Cats don't know how much it meant to have us uh, bounce. And I'm sure some people in Baltimore who watch the coach leave understand exactly. that. Uh, I know other teams who have moved. I know some people that still live in Seattle who haven't gotten over uh, the team, uh, the, the the Thunder moving down to OKC. So I get it, and and those folks get it too. You can't you can't take a team away from the Cats, but also when those guys come here and they play well, even though we got rivalries, uh, rivalries with them, when they come here and they play well, we love them. So Braylon, a lot of our angst against you had nothing to do with Michigan; it had more to do with you. And I love you, dog. You know that. You know I love you. I give you grief. You my little brother, man, but I love you. But you can't, you could never take the stuff that I was giving you. It's, it's okay. It's okay. And we're gonna keep it moving. So you see, look, I had I wasn't gonna wear my hat today. But when I saw Woody sitting here with his hat on, <laughs> I was like, oh no, I gotta get my block on. I said, I gotta go get my block on. I can't have Woody out here by himself. But man, uh yeah, this is hilarious, man. Huh? That backdrop is hilarious. <laughs> so, yeah, so we're going to rock like this today. Um, and we're still a little bit giddy. It's only really, let's be honest, it's only like two and a half days removed from one of the bigger wins we've had in, in Brown's history in the last 20 years. So we feel pretty good. I think we're still in, in pretty good spirits, but we have to get serious about what's getting ready to come up. Um Yesterday, the, the Ravens played uh, the Cowboys, and I watched the game, and I don't know if you watched it uh, too, Sean, but... Yeah, I watched the whole game. I watched the game, and I was sitting, excuse me, watching the game, you know, with this, kind of with this anticipation, like, yo, I'm going to see something in this game that might help us for, uh, in terms of scouting for the show and then in terms of scouting for Sunday, I saw nothing because Dallas sucks uh, balls and cots. And that, that, I saw that, something. I saw a few things. I saw a few things. But I didn't see as much as I wanted. Like, I, I, I thought I would watch this game. Here, here's the main takeaway I took from that game. Because What'd you get? What'd you get from that Baltimore game? Baltimore really didn't stop Dallas a lot. Dallas was able to move the football on them. They Dallas were. just beat themselves. Okay. Okay, so you know what so I'm saying? Like, like Greg Zerline, I don't know what happened to him. Zerline automatic. That dude, yeah, he <laughs> used to be, but he needs to get cut. Uh, 
today. Yeah. He missed three field goals. He makes those yeah. three field goals. Dallas is still in that ball game at the end. Now, yeah. also too, um, Dallas can't stop the run. They haven't been able to stop the run all season. Oh, yeah. But but they made a few plays here and there to keep keep them in the game. So that's the main thing I took away from that. I was like, okay, even with that bum and Dalton that quarterback, they were still able to make a few plays and move down the field a little bit. So I was like, okay, so if they can move the ball, I think we can do a lot better job of moving the ball this time than we did the first game of the season. Okay. So, again, <clears throat> I think that uh, we actually saw the exact same stuff because that's exactly what I saw. I didn't see a lot. I was hoping to see more. I was hoping to see kind of the things that I saw uh, when uh, the Steelers and the Ravens, when the Steelers and the Ravens played, I kind of came away with a few things like, wow, okay, I saw this, I saw this. And then in this particular game, I was like, ah. I, I literally had to watch most of the game to see what I needed to see. And you're right. Uh, the Cowboys moved the ball. I wouldn't say with ease, but they moved the ball. They didn't necessarily right. uh, have issues moving the ball. It wasn't like that defense uh, just kind of crowded them and, and forced them into dumb plays, et cetera, et cetera. They really were in the game pretty much, honestly, they were in the game until the middle of the third when when they started scoring touchdown after touchdown on each drive. Once they went up to like, uh, what was it, 21? I think 24 to 10 or something uh, 24 like that. 10. 10. Yep, yep. It was 24-10. Yep. And once they went up to that point, it was over. Like, the game was over. They kind of had it. But before that, the game was close. So, I think that going into this game, uh, something else that I, pu I pulled away from uh, from the Steelers game, Ben Roethlisberger was was getting that ball out of his hand within two and a half to three seconds. Very quick, very boom, 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 bam, boom, 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 bam. And that loosened up their uh, their blitz because, what, you know, uh, the Ravens are one of the most uh, – their, their defense is – one of the more blitzing defenses in the league. Yeah, very aggressive. So, uh, and I was watching it yesterday. One of the things that they do, especially early in the game, and they definitely do it when they get ahead in the game, they go uh, anywhere from seven to nine deep, and they will put them all on the on the uh, line of scrimmage. Right. So <clears throat> you have to figure out if they're blitzing nine or if they're only blitzing four and they're going to drop the rest of those guys. Like it's 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 a play that they do. There's something that they do uh, purposely, and it does confuse quarterbacks. So uh, Baker has to be aware, and he has to pay uh, some attention going into this game. So you know, uh, again, coming out of, of yesterday's game, I didn't leave with anything different than you did. I think we can run the ball. I think we can move the ball, and I think that as long as we don't do anything silly early which is what we did uh, in our last game against them. As long as we don't do nothing silly right. early, don't do nothing silly early. Keep ourselves in the game. Do the small stuff. You know, play smart. Stefanski has to be aware of, uh, of what this game actually means, and he has to be aware of keeping us in this game. Right. And when's the last time, man, we've had back-to-back -back big games like this? 
Oh shit! I don't. It's I probably two thousand, maybe two thousand fourteen. Uh, what, um, what year did we? The go? That's, that, was that, that year we went ten and six? No, that's the that was the Brian Hoyer year when we were in first place and then everything went to hell. That was that was uh, what was his name? Mike uh, Pettis first year. That was Derek Anderson. No, no, I'm talking about the last time we had back-to-back big games was probably that Brian Hoyer year. Oh, Mike the year that we beat, that after we came back from Cincinnati and, and we were uh, in first place and all that stuff. Right. Uh, who did we and play? Everything kind of went downhill. I think we finished, what, 7-9 and nine that season, I believe? Yeah. But as far as late season, big games like this, yeah, it definitely is that 2007 year. Um. I'm excited, man. You know, I wanted Dallas to win that game. I did too. Um, but I'm, just actually, to the- I'm actually glad that they did. To be honest, yeah, I was I was leading into that because now it makes it magnifies this game. It's on national TV. I hate Baltimore with a passion, um, and it, we saw it's, it. It just magnifies everything. And here's one thing too that I hate: when we went to Baltimore last year, it's when people don't know their history. And maybe because we're so, you know, such students of the game and we take sports probably too serious than we should. We don't understand how so-called fans, you know, can be like this. They, they didn't understand why we were so pumped up at the game last year. And we told them this, y'all stole our football team. And, and some of them had a look on their face like, they didn't see it that way. Like, like, what are you talking about? I was like, this, you do know this, the old Browns moved the ball they to the right. that way. And you also got to yeah. remember now we're at a we're at a spot, bro, that we are literally at the generational break. Right. So there's a lot of people generationally that grew up with this team in Baltimore. Right. And then there were so, some people that that knew that knew the history, but they were like, well, that was a long time ago. Y'all still didn't care. But like, like, let it go. And I'm like, I'm never letting that go. But you know what? You know what I asked? You know what I started asking him? Did you did you? all of a sudden just let go of the coach being in Indianapolis. And pretty much, I would say about 80 to 90% of them was like, no. So why are you confused? Is my next question. You got to understand. I don't hate, I don't hate Raven fans who are from Baltimore, who are just happy to get a football team. I don't don't hate them. I hate the organization, anybody with the last name Odell, I hate them. I'm not gonna act like I don't. I hate them. I don't want to hear anything they gotta say. I don't want to hear any. Oh, well, you have to understand. I don't have to understand shit. You took my team. You knew you were taking my team. When you watch the documentary, they even lied to the team. So if it was such a smooth move and he could do whatever he want, which he could, because it was his team. Why do this this way and then right. school people and then act like you don't understand why people are mad at right. Art Modell? Our Modell, I'm going to say this real loud and I'm going to say this real clear. Our Modell could have easily been one of the greatest uh, uh, people in the NFL. Instead, he turned into a heel, site wrestling. He turned into a heel. He went from... Uh, he went basically, I can't even give him that, but he went from being like a Hulk Hogan type of guy 
Well, he was. We we held the Hollywood him. Hogan. I can't give him Hollywood Hogan because we loved Hollywood Hogan. <laughs> I can't give him that. He right. was he 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 was like went from 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 uh, Hulk Hogan to Bobby the Brain Heenan type thing. Yeah, like, and you know what else too? Fall. Like Art Modell should be in the Hall of Fame, but they can't put him in the Hall of Fame. One because everybody gonna boo him and boo whoever <laughs> gives that speech. And right. they're gonna boo and they might even they might even come in there and, and mark up and, and listen, I don't necessarily condone that, but I understand it. Like, like I don't condone Chris, it either. But I do, what Chris Rock but that's said, why they can't do it. Yeah. What Chris Rock say, <laughs> I don't agree with it, but, but I understand. I understand. <laughs> so I think that Art Modell is really an awful businessman at the end of the day. Uh he moved the Browns. Even with an agreement in hand from Cleveland, uh, I I literally drive past the area that they were going to build the Browns' new stadium. Uh, often I drive past there at least once a week. See, I was in Alabama when all this was going on, so I missed I, I was the meat and potatoes and heart and soul of what was actually going on at the time. Well, I was in um, Anchorage. I was in the service. I was in the Air Force, so I didn't know. All of the, you know, because again, we got to go back to 1995, and it's not like 2015 where I could just flip on my phone yeah. and get everything I want right in front of me. It's not like Twitter. There was no Twitter. There was no Facebook. There was no Instagram. There was no ESPN.com. None of that stuff existed. You literally had to have somebody call you and tell you what was happening. Or I remember a hearing a rumor, but I was like, nah, like the Browns aren't. And then when it, it would actually happen, I was um I was on my academic team at Alabama State University at the time, and we were in a uh, a practice session. So somehow one of my homeboys, he had no idea where I was, but he walked high and low around campus until he found me and was like, dude, the Browns are leaving Cleveland. I'm like, man, you kidding? Yeah. I left the practice. And went to his, um, his 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 room, and there it was on ESPN. I mean, it was breaking news. It was it was on for maybe about. It was such big news. It was about an hour. They interrupted everything, all the sports news at the time. Because it's huge news. People think Cleveland don't matter, and maybe Cleveland doesn't matter in the NBA, and maybe Cleveland might not matter per se in the, in, in uh, Major League Baseball. But let me tell you where Cleveland actually matters at. in football. And this, is franchise. and this is why I keep trying to tell people if it, people just think I'm hating on LeBron. I said, man, LeBron could have won 37 championships in a row here. That would have been awesome. We would have taken them all. But ain't nothing going to stop or going to change or going to shake us like the Cleveland Browns even being in a Super Bowl. And if they win one, We'll take man if the Browns won the AFC championship at First Energy Stadium, the police would have to escort everybody out of there because people would be in there partying the they whole never night. Gonna they they never, never gonna leave. leave. And they're gonna set it on fire, by the way. <laughs> so, so we're not even talking about winning a championship. We're right, talking just about getting to the Super Bowl. Uh, uh the AFC championship. Cleveland, Cleveland itself won't even exist much beyond that and i know we've gotten off on a tangent but 
No, but it's all part of the story. It's all part of the story. We'll be honest as to how big this game is. Like, this game is huge. And if I had, I wish right now, a year ago, Sean and I went to Baltimore for for this game. And I think we talked about it in the the early show uh, when we played uh, the Ravens. I wish we had taken more pictures or more video because as we were talking to people and these people didn't get it and these people didn't understand and these people were like, I don't know what's wrong with you guys. Like we got to a point in the day where Sean just lost it. And Sean is, in general, Sean is more of the calmer kind of, you know, it's all good, we, we, we okay. Now he, that doesn't mean he ain't emotional, but he's more of the calmer, you know, let's, hey, everybody, let's just meet over here. I'm more of the calmer, yeah, let's all meet over here. But before we get there, I'm going to flap my birds like a uh, like a raven through this entire concourse. <laughs> <laughs> like, dude, like you straight disappeared for like, what was it, like about 45 minutes. I had no idea where you were. Just, <laughs> just out there being a jerk. He just sees me. He just sees me running through the golf course, flapping my wings. <laughs> in between, in between the fans that were leaving because we were beating the brakes off of them. I was just running, whoa, go, 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 go. In all of my Browns gear, it was the best. Listen, other than other than Cincinnati, that might have been one of my best appearances ever. I had a great time that day and I continue to, to do that kind of stuff because you got to be a fan. Like, listen, we're not going to live for forever. Okay. Let's be honest. We're not going to live for forever, but you have to live when you're in these spots. You got to live. You got to have a good time. And I wasn't like trying to interfere with anybody's day. I was, however, just trying to make sure people understood that the Browns have beaten the brakes off of you guys. It's all good. I hope you guys have a safe time. And I kept saying that. So I was like, that's the weirdest thing ever. You kept saying to people, Kaka! Hey, have a good ride home. Y'all be safe. Y'all be safe. <laughs> like, who does that? Who even does that? But that's truly who I am. I want, I want to have a good time. But I also want you guys to have a good, safe time too. Like we should all be able to go there and and be mad. We should all be able to go there and be frustrated. But we should also be able to go uh, to those games and have a great freaking time. And we did. Baltimore is a cool city, man. It's uh no, it's you, know, you hear you hear about all the bad stuff and you know in the what, city, but it was if, different than what I expected. That was the first. You, you know, we, even though we were only there for a few hours. We went I've to the been casino. to Baltimore before, but that was the first time I actually spent time. It was the there. first time I, I spent time in Baltimore. My brother used to live there. Dry used to live there. And uh, I've been there before, but I've never been there for a game. So to go there, to go to the uh, to the casino and hang out for a little bit, um, to meet up with some of the Browns fans and watch the the Ravens fans interact with us, it was, it was cool. Like, we had a really good time. Um, my shout's out. Honestly, to Baltimore, it was a good host city. The stadium uh-huh. is actually the stadium um, cool is nice too. It's built the same year that our stadium was. Well, 
it's built a by the same people. It was built by the same company, but they made theirs a lot better than ours. It's yeah, a lot I think more I like their stadium a little bit better than ours. Yeah, it's it's a, it's the, the seats are spaced out more. Um, it's room in the concourse where you can kind of sit down and chill out. You know, um, you know, during the game when our stadium has none of that, no amenities at all. Um, no, and really, besides all that damn purple in there that gave me a headache. <laughs> um, I actually like I like their stadium oh, oh, a lot. And also, it was six thousand degrees, by the way. Oh yeah, like, it was we were just up. in the sun the whole time. Right. So we ended up having to leave because by the second half, I mean, we were just in the sun. So we and the fans were, were nice. We get in there, they were like, "Hey, yeah. how you guys doing?" Holding yeah, conversations, we're great. looking around like, "Why are you being so nice?" Because we fans wouldn't treat y'all the same way in our stadium. When y'all come to our stadium, we cussing y'all out. I don't exactly. Get <laughs> hey, again, what did I say? We don't give a damn. We do not give a damn about where you coming from and what you're here for. Oh, you're here for the other team? I don't give a damn if that seat hurt. I don't give a damn. Oh, it's, it's you know, I thought we would have, man, shut up. You get your ass in here. You came we here. Caught, yeah, like, like we caught a little bit of grief walking around downtown, but we not a lot. We we gave more grief than we caught. Right, exactly. So I mean, but like again, here, it would have been at least easily. It would have been a, like if we were getting beat like that at home, and the Ravens fans were talking trash like that, and our, it would have oh, been it, a couple it, of it fights. Could've, it could have ended back. It could have right. ended back. It could have ended back. But that particular area down there by uh, where the stadium is is really really super nice. If anybody wants to go to any games, it's over there by uh, Camden Yards. Uh, you know, uh, the Orioles field. If, if any of you guys want to go to Baltimore to go see a game, whether it's football, baseball, man, they got a great setup. It's a great walk. A lot of good area. places to eat and drink. That was cheap, too. I'm yeah, thinking downtown is going to be a kind of expensive area. It's, it's Cold City, but it wasn't like that we, at all. We parked for cheap. We, we, we ate for cheap. Like, it's a great area, and that's an expensive area to be in, to be honest. Mm-hmm. But it was really cheap compared to what we're used to here in our in our particular city. So, and I want to give a yeah. shout out to my little bro Brandon, who met us down there. Oh, he lives down there with him and his Brandon, wife, looking out. and two looking kids. Out, right? And he kind of showed us around downtown, and uh, we hung got out the game with him. Um, that's my homeboy Corey's little brother, but so he's like a brother to me too. Yeah, and, Brandon uh, looked out, man. He he, he definitely looked out. Good. He put us in right. a good spot. In terms of and uh, you know where we lined up at and met up at and all that stuff, so yeah, man, shout out to those guys. But uh, as we move into the game, so we 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 we've given you guys a little bit of a piece of the history. Uh, what are what our anchors and our frustrations are? As we move into this game, it's a super important game. Uh, we could lose this game. And we could also still lose this game and be okay. And be, excuse me, and be okay, right? But that ain't what we want. You know, we want to be able to see and push and test the limits of of our uh, abilities here. And so, we we can damn near it won't fit officially eliminate them from playoff contention. This but is it. it. Damn sure hurt it. Oh, this is it. Like let like literally, depending on who wins or loses, if 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 the Ravens lose. Depending on who wins or loses on Sunday or or Monday, uh, this could oh that's right, we on we're on Monday. So whoever loses on Sunday, this could be it for them. 
if they lose. This could legitimately be it because now, what are they, seven and five? So yeah. if they lose, they'll be seven and six. We're already a game ahead of everybody. Like we we can quote unquote afford to lose this game. And really among the the teams on the outside looking in, we're two games up. That's yeah, and that's what I mean. Like we can afford right. to lose this game. And that, that's not me saying, yeah, let's just lose the game. Nah, I I haven't seen my team be the aggressive, uh, be the the best team going in and then come out being the best team too. Right. In a long time. It's been a long time. So I think that's where we are or where we can be. So let's see if we can pull this out. So here's some of the things that I pulled out uh my overview for the for the game. We're gonna we're gonna go ahead and get into that because I think we've done about an hour of just feeling right running our mouths. But yeah. Yeah, but like you said, it's important to the story because we we got to understand why, you know, because I still get people to say to me, yo, why you don't like the, the Ravens when they, they really the original Browns? And I, I'm like, it's a good thing you said that over Facebook because if it was in my face, I would slap. They're not the original Browns. They're not the Browns at all. They go. No, once we they done. left. They that was it. And I want to say that we'll make one more point. I'm going to be completely honest with everybody out there. Once the Browns, when the whole when they when as soon as they announced they were moving to Baltimore, you know I went numb for football. I really did. I really at that point in time I was so in shock. I didn't cry. I didn't do any of that. I didn't get on the phone and call home and and start yeah you know what's going on. I literally shut down. I didn't watch any more of that season. Nope. I don't know. Plus, I was in Alabama anyway. I really couldn't watch the game, but I didn't follow them. Yeah, I was in Alaska, so I couldn't see I didn't follow. I didn't look them up on the internet. I didn't follow them. I didn't do anything. From that point on, from 1996 until we came back in 1999, I just became a simple fan of football. Yeah. I didn't really root for a team. I kind of um I had a little bit of salt of, of, of a soft spot for Pittsburgh only in this regard. Hold on. Not that I was rooting for them, but they stood up for us when we left. No, hold on. Hold on. I'm talking about as far as, as the organization wise. I'm just saying me. I'm just talking about me. I had nothing for Pittsburgh and I knew that I was never going to support anything. No, I didn't support them at all, but, but they, but their owner supported the city of Cleveland. Uh, and they that, have printed and that's up. okay. And I was, you know what I'm saying? That. So, but I, I appreciated the, the gesture. I think him, I think him, Buffalo, honest, we wouldn't have had what we had if it wasn't for him. Like, I think he was like, nah, you got to give them their shit back. Like his, right. his, that's what I'm saying. Behind. Like him, so Buffalo's I, I agree with that, but at the same time, I'm like this. I don't want y'all, like I still say it. When I hear people say, oh, I'm so proud of the Browns. Now now maybe I'm, as a Steeler fan, you guys will be a rival. Man, shut the fuck that's up. That's different. That ain't, I'm never that's, going. That's, that's different. Once we came back to the league, my full-blown hatred came back. But like I yeah, said, but, never, but, but, but team, when they left. The team I rooted for at that time, and I agree with you, I, I became a fan. But the team I started rooting for at that time was Minnesota. Yeah, I uh, did like – I didn't – I won't say I rooted for them. I just like watching them play. I like I really, watching them. And I agree and with I that. Like, I agree and with I that. like Green Bay. 
No, I agree. Team. Those are the two teams I like watching play. I liked watching because I love it was something about Randy Moss. I love uh, Chris Carter and and I, and Randall Cunningham was one of my favorite players of, of all time. Like I love Randall Cunningham. So and Gary Anderson possibly ruined what could have been one of the best Super Bowls. Like I do, they miss a kick man, in fifty man. years. That dude, you ain't missed. You ain't missed a field goal in sixty-seven years of your life, and then you miss that one. That right. one, <laughs> and you allow possibly one of the. I ain't gonna say the worst team ever, but it's one, one of, of the them. most one of the most hyped, overhyped teams in the history of the world. The, them damn dirty bird ass. Uh, 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 what's What's that? What was their coach, man? He used to be Houston's coach. Uh, Jerry Glanville. Jerry Glanville. No, he wasn't there. He was, Dan, Dan Reeves was there at the time. Oh, was Dan Reeves there? But yeah, okay. Yeah. okay. Dan Reeves. But still, I ain't, listen, you know I ain't like Dan, Dan Reeves. I hated Dan Reeves at that time. Right. Because I still remembered him being the coach of the Broncos. I ain't want nothing to do with damn Dan Reeves. Yeah, we stuck with, with the the – the Falcons Broncos Super Bowl, but that's another story. Anyway, um, yeah. so, so let's let's get into yeah, let's so last into week, the game. So last week, Lamar Jackson, who to me is less of a threat with his arm and more of a threat with his with his legs, doesn't mean he's not a threat with his arm. So anybody who might be listening and want to say something about that, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is I'd rather watch him throw all day than run all day. And if you if you think that that's some level of disrespect, then that means you don't know football at all. And he's regressed from last season, man. Because last has. season, I think he, he was actually um, a pretty damn good passer towards the end of the year. Some of the throws he was making, I was like, man – now you got to deal with this dude, you know, with his legs and his arm. Like, he's going to be well, unstoppable. Here's here's the thing. He has always been that same kind of guy. He makes he makes the plays that are necessary. Those throws that he makes aren't hard throws. They're not difficult throws. No. But you just have to make the read quick. He makes very quick reads because they run a certain type of offense. They almost run – RPO specific offense. They do. So if you're in this thing, just like he reads when he needs to hold the ball or when he needs to get that ball up, he does that really well. <clears throat> so when they played us in the first game, he threw for 275 yards. He almost hasn't thrown for 275 yards other than like maybe two other games since right. we played. And that was the first game of the season. But he hasn't had to. And people always give him uh, the the uh, the benefit of the doubt. Here's, here's my thought. You know, going into this game, we have to play any RPO type thing. Like that dude's holding the ball. I feel like we can stop everybody else. We cannot stop his shiftiness. He's the most shifty guy. He's the quickest guy. You have to go into this game like this guy always got the ball. Knock him on his ass, even if he don't have the ball. 
it might cause you to get a penalty, but you know what, man? I, I thought he had the ball. I agree. Put him on his ass. You know what I mean? Like, run in there, hit him, and if he don't got the ball, he ain't got the ball. But you got to make sure that he understands, oh, no, we on you all day, homie. But this is what we giving you. And I understand everybody wants to stop the run, whoever that run guy is, because they had guys last week. Uh, they have they have three or four guys that can run the ball. Of course, one of those three or four is <clears throat> is uh, yeah. They they have exactly four. But they got Edwards. They have four guys that can run the ball. They got Edwards. They got Ingram, and they also have uh, what's his face? J.K. Dobbins. Uh, J.K. Dobbins. Ohio State so, alumni. Another Ohio State Lamar. Lamar. That's uh, four legitimate running backs. So they got, yeah, with Lamar, you got four guys that can get you 100 yards every week, by the way. Right. Not you just, know what they remind me of? They remind me of that year when Colorado was really good. Not, not the Cordell Stewart year, but the year they had like Darian Hagan. Oh, like yeah, 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 yeah. You remember they had, they yeah. had like about what four or five like running backs. Was that 93? Oh, that, something like no, that. No, no, no. It, it might like have been 93, 94. Yeah, yeah. It might have been 93, 94-ish. That's what they yeah, remind was, me of. When you just have a plethora of running backs who can all get the job done. Like you you get you get you know bring these guys out because they're tired. You could bring these guys out because they're injured. You know, JK is cold. We know it about is. JK here. Uh, in Ohio State, we know about and Gus know. Edwards is, is nice too, man. He just doesn't get a lot of carries. Nice. Listen, Gus, every time I, just, I see I this dude run, he's breaking nice. off like a 15 yard run. Gus is nice, so you know, and we have problems uh defensively against the run, so they do have guys that can, but that's why to me, you have to just show an effect for to, to me, the guy that sets the pace for that. Is uh is Lamar? Lamar sets the pace for that. If you just get to him and force him to hand that ball up, I think we can tackle J.K. I think we can tackle, you know, uh, Gus Edwards. I think we can tackle Mark Ingram. Yeah, we just handled Derrick Henry, man. So, and that's what I mean. The problem has been that we haven't always given the full understanding to Lamar. Like, we're trying to figure out where he's going to go with the ball. Let's not even wait. Whoever is on that ball, you just go to the ball and go – matter of fact, I'm sorry, go to uh, Lamar, and you tackle that dude no matter what he does. You just tackle him. And I'm going to tell you something else too, man. Like, we're not going to be able to completely shut down that running game. No, you're not. I can already see that coming right now. But the thing is, we can't let them do like they did yesterday when they had something like 200 and, and what, that's 50 yards go. or something like that. But you know why? That's what I'm that's that's where I'm going to. You're absolutely right. And I'm glad you picked up on where I was going. Because that's what I'm saying. A lot of where Lamar Jackson is the reason that they do that stuff, bro. Because you don't know, so you sit there and you wait and you pause to see who got the ball. So now you're running after Mark Ingram, but Lamar Jackson still got the ball. My thing is, I don't give a damn if Lamar if Lamar Jackson has that ball off to anybody. I'm tackling you 
and we got guys that can probably tackle this guy. It's sort of remember remember what I was saying about uh, Derrick Henry last week, him kind of being the Michael Jordan of the game. Right. He's gonna get his anyway, but you just gotta do whatever you gotta do to stop him. We can stop everybody else. These guys are human. There's only one guy that might be superhuman. You have to handle the super uh, the superhuman guy. Right. And I feel like, uh, 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 you know, Lamar Jackson is the superhuman guy. He's the guy that you have to figure out. Mark Ingram ain't superhuman. Neither is Gus Edwards. J.K. Dobbins is dope. He ain't superhuman. And we're a defense that just came off of stopping and, and almost pretty much shutting down the number one uh, running back in the league for the last couple of years. Exactly. And Derrick Henry, we only helped that dude only got 60 yards on us. So we have to do the exact same thing here. We have to take the run away from these guys. We cannot allow these guys to sit back and feel comfortable and think that they can just run and yada, yada, yada and, 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 and play their tempo. Uh, I'm going I'm to steal a play from your page book from last week. We have to create the tempo. We got to. We have to be the ones yeah. who set the pace in this game because if we don't, these guys are going to keep doing what they do, and that puts us behind the eight ball. All right, we so as far as our keys to the game, that's part of it then. So for both of us, you know, you got to – you're not going to stop Lamar Jackson, but you got to contain him. You just can't let him go crazy. Right. And so when he makes big runs, just like when Nick Chubb makes a big run for us, it gets the team pumped up. So we have to mitigate that damage as much as possible. Also, Absolutely. we got to be physical. The way we were physical so, against Tennessee. So are these your keys? You going into your keys? Are these your keys? No, we just we 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 we're giving our we keys, but we're just going back and forth. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So uh, we have to be physical. So the the one thing I like about after coming out of the Tennessee game. You know, Baker Mayfield and those guys were like, our job isn't done. So that lets me know that they didn't get too high off that win. You know, we got to bring the same intensity. It, probably more intensity because now, because uh, Baltimore is fighting for their lives. Um, and that's a well-coached team. Um, it's a prideful organization. And they're going to, um, they're going to bring the heat. So... Uh, we definitely are going to have to bring A1 110% intensity uh, on Monday night. For sure. I mean, and, and you know what? I agree. Uh, if there was a way that I could agree more than a thousand percent, I would. Um, I think that you do have to just understand you know, what you're dealing with. And I, I honestly, I think that uh, Kevin Stefanski gets that. Um, what I saw them do last week against the Titans, it was kind of unlike anything I've ever seen them do before, the Browns. Yeah, this iteration of them. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I just didn't, I couldn't believe that I was watching these guys be to me, undermanned and under skilled 
and yet taking on the most skilled or supposedly the most skilled guy running the ball, and they just took this dude out the game. We completely first half. What was that? I'm sorry, you broke up. I said we pumped them in the first half. Like, and, and it was crazy. Like we we gave you the first couple of drives, we beat you. You came back on the second drive, we forced you to fumble. Like, you know what I mean? Like we just, I have not seen a Browns, and let me be more clear. I've been so hard on the Browns, especially on the run defense. I've been super hard on the Browns on the run defense that I didn't expect for them to be able to contain this guy, right? Like, I truly didn't think that they would be able to contain the number one running uh, back in the league. Right. I don't think any of I don't think the whole city did, man. And we just found a way. So it gave me more hope kind of going back to where we started this whole conversation from. It gave me more hope than I've ever had. Like, I was like, wow. I, you know, Stefanski, I see you, homie. You put this whole play together then. You know, and they understood that, that, that the Ravens, excuse me, that the uh, Titans might come in trying to take away the run. So we're going to pass not a lot more, but a little bit more. And we're going to use that against them because they ain't that good. Guess right. what? Y'all y'all want to hear something real quick? The Ravens run defense really ain't that good. No, they have a good secondary. They're middle of the road, just like yeah, middle, uh, the middle of the road uh, run defense. Yeah. So we could do the exact same thing versus them. So while everybody's afraid that they're the Ravens and everybody's afraid, listen, the Ravens are three games behind us. Three games. Two. Even with that win. Or is it two? That's right. They won seven. Two. They're seven and five. Oh God, yeah, they and seven. I'm ready to turn that page. Like, we always worried about, yeah. oh, what what uh what what Lamar Jackson gonna do, or what uh Ray Lewis is gonna do, what Terrell Suggs was gonna do? I want them to worry about what 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 Nick Chubb was gonna do. But I but I think they're gonna have to. They what is Kareem Hunt gonna do? What is Baker Listen, Mayfield and Jarvis Landry gonna do? Because uh, if we go back to the game that we played against them, and that uh, hellhole of a stadium, we got out fast. And we, it was over with real quick. Like we didn't have, there was no ever, there was never even a point of bantering back and forth. We got out fast. And if we can do something similar in this particular game, that would be awesome. Um, but I think that we can, that's the crazier part. I really think that we can get out quick because I don't think that their run defense is as good as they advertise well, their defense to be. I think we once can get again, out quick. Once again, like last week, we need a clean game. Um, forcing turnovers would help, but I think we're in a little different position this time where if we don't create three or four turnovers, we, we'll be okay. Um, you know, with Tennessee, the way I was looking at that game coming in because of the way that they run the ball and control the clock and the way that our defense was playing at the time, I was like, we can't go head up point for point. We need some turnovers oh, yeah. now. I agree with that. Now it's always good to get a couple, but I'm not. But this time going in, yeah, maybe need one, but I don't think we have to create a plethora of turnovers. Because one thing too, their offense is a little bit more one sided. 
even though Tennessee is a predominantly run team, they had good receivers on the outside, which when they got behind, um, yeah, they tied in started. They tied in. Yeah. Hold on, I got this thing on. Do not disturb. And phone calls are still coming in. I don't understand that. Hold on. All right, I'm good. That's uh, <laughs> like what the purpose of having do not disturb on if call is still coming through. But anyway, um, they had you know a look you know a little bit better skill guys on the outside now. Baltimore has some speed. They got Hollywood Brown. Sneed is out. I think Sneed is uh, either he got caught up with problems, Something's going on with him where he's not. But playing I think the bigger here. problem for us is going to be Andrews. Andrews uh, the tight end. Yeah, yeah. I think he. I think he's their number one receiver. So I believe I think, so. I think he's going to be the bigger problem for us. Because now you now you implement your 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 linebackers and your safeties in terms of coverage, that's going to be a problem. On top of uh, on top of uh, Lamar Jackson, like those are my those are my biggest issues going into this game. You need to find a yeah. way to stop Andrews, and you got to find a way to stop or slow down, like you say. Uh, you can't stop him if you don't hope to contain him type thing. With, uh, right. with Lamar Jackson. And if we're going to get them, this is the time to go get them. Because they before this game, they had lost three in a row. No, you're so right. This is it. Their confidence is still going to be a they, little shaky. Yeah, they beat Dallas. They're trying to everybody's beating Dallas. So, I'm yeah, they're trying to find their confidence. Like, right. to be honest, again, they haven't really beaten a team that we have to look at and say to ourselves, damn, how they beat them. We've beaten the same teams. Right. And we know the way that we beat them last year that they can be had. So they can be had. We just um, gotta get out early and we have to be consistent. Right. And now speaking of tight ends, um, looking at us from the offensive side of the football, I think this is a game where our tight ends as a collective, it's time for them to have a big game. They've done okay, but they haven't, but Hooper. And uh, I, I don't know why I keep forgetting the rookie's name. What's his name? Um, Harrison Bryant. Harrison Bryant. And and Joku. It's time for them to step up. And here's why they should be able to have a bigger game this week. Because now Higgins is emerging almost as a number one tight I tell receiver. you what. This now, dude is open every time. Let me tell you something. Now, you remember what I said? Remember what I said last week? When we were talking about Higgins getting open or being open, Higgins yeah. is open a lot. Like he's he just finds a way to find himself into right. spaces and whatever like that. So, um, so now so much so, you have you so have to so pay to attention Browns, to him on the field. Oh, for sure. And that and listen, and so much so that the Browns are talking about, uh, 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 uh you know, a new contract for him. Right, which I didn't think that they were going to do yeah, because normally in the past, I, I know that I know you didn't. That's why I brought that up. Yeah, because normally in the past, the Browns will look at it. Well, you know what? We can go find the guy they just like Hollywood, do. similar numbers, yep. and we can pay him a lot less instead of bringing him back. And it would always bite us in the ass. Yep, this kid is emerging. Like his numbers don't show it. His numbers. On paper, does not show the value that Hollywood Higgins means well, to people don't understand, the Cleveland Browns. People don't understand his value at this particular moment, simply because when you don't have an OBJ, 
a guy that no matter whether he's, you know, catching a, a ball a game or two balls a game or whatever, you have to pay attention to him. You got to pay attention to OBJ, which opens up the floor for everybody else. Now you don't have that. And now you just got guys that are just working in the field. The thing about uh, uh, Higgins is that Higgins works the field well. He just always finds I just said this in our last show. This dude just figures out where he's supposed to be, and he's always open. Exactly. He's always open. And so, and with that being said, now that our receivers are finally emerging, that should open up room for our tight ends to start making some big plays. And honestly, even our running backs, because I know that they're preparing for the run. But if you're focused on, uh, uh, you know, DPJ, and if you're focused on Landry, and if you're focused on, you know, Higgs, or Hollywood rather, and even potentially, you know, uh, uh, Hooper or whatever, uh, you know, Harrison Bryant, guess what? And these are, this is why the folks that think that the Browns are better without OBJ uh, this is why you don't know much about football. You need these guys to offset the defense. You just need them. Yeah. Because they offset the defense. And now, as Sean is putting into play right this second, he putting a regular, this is regular. And we don't, we haven't coached football. All we've done is watch football. And play street ball. A little bit of football. <laughs> <laughs> but all we've done is watch football. So if you got the best wide receiver on this side and a really good wide receiver on the other side, and you got a solid guy in the slot, and then you got a really good guy that's your tight end, and you got all four of them on the field at the same time, guess what that does for your run game? Guess what that runs for does for your defense? Right. It and this is what alleys. what what we're starting to see now is what everybody expected early in the season, but yep. don't understand the dynamics of yep. how things work when you got a new coach and you're trying to implement. You have to work that in. A new it has to work. And then remember, remember what I told you, um, because when we beat Cincinnati on that comeback, the offense was clicking that whole game. But then yep. immediately after that, we had those three really bad weather games. And I told you, once we go to Jacksonville, the weather starts clearing up, you're going to see It'll the offense start clicking because they were on the verge of yeah. breaking out of whatever slump that they were in. Yeah. And now you're starting to, to see that. Jacksonville was a little shaky, but the offense, you know, was starting to come together. And then you just saw a full-blown explosion last week. Now, this Monday night. Um, weather should be good again. It'll be a little cold, about 35, 34 degrees. That's fine for this time of year, but no wind, no snow, you know, no type of precipitation. Which is not normal, which is not normal for this time of year, by the way. Well, the, the temperature is concerned. It's not bad. No, 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 no. The temperature is fine. I'm talking about no wind. No. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's different for this time of year. Right. For that particular game. So, you know, again, being Cleveland fans, we understand certain stuff. And, you know, while the weather is, is, is this way and while, you know, maybe 
we expect for people not to love what we do or, or like what we do because people just want to look at the uh, at the uh, uh, you know the, the the box score or whatever. Blah blah blah. Listen, this team is 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 ready and and paired for this game. We are paired for this game. And by paired, I mean we have cut away all the bullshit on the other side. We are ready for this game. We've gotten pushed around. We've gotten punked. We've gotten talked about. The one thing I continue to see about this team is they just keep, this team just keeps showing up. They just keep showing up. And they just keep playing well. So, I got a little bit of faith in uh, Stefanski. I think that the, uh, how the game is going to be played is clear. We're just going we, we, to do what we need to do. It doesn't matter. You know, like I could tell you, all, oh, I think we're going to do this, we're going to do this. I saw last week, we're going to do what we need to do. All right. And basically, man, you know what? Instead of doing all the sugar coating and all the extra analysis, you know, we have done some. Man, at the end of the day, the key to the game is toughness. Gotta be tough. Just, just, man, just come in and bring the wood. And, and it's another litmus test. And just make a statement saying that it's our time. We've been on the bottom for too long. And we don't want to make it. It's, it's our turn now. We don't want to make I'm it. I'm starting cool. to see, I'm seeing chinks in the army with Pittsburgh finally. I'm and seeing chinks in the army with Baltimore. We're gonna talk about that as the weeks come up. Yeah, the ticks yep. and army about Pittsburgh because I, yep. I got I got some information, some intel. Okay. Sorry, right. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. So, so I agree with you, but, bro. And here and here here's another some more disrespect. Um, earlier in the week, Baltimore was a four and a half point favorite. Now it's down, I believe, to to one. So probably by Monday, it'll probably either be a pick 'em game or that'll flip over Ain't nobody to the front. Ain't nobody touching that game. Because it's a, it's a tough game to touch. I, it I is. But the fact that they opened up the line with us being a four and a half point dog well, at home coming off that win, I'm like, okay, y'all still kind of like, all right, that was one game that y'all ain't really proved ourselves yet. Don't nobody believe in us. We we are who we are, and we're used to getting the disrespect. And we we kind of went in on that last week. And it's crazy because when you went in on that last week, I was kind of like, eh, I think you're cool, bro. Don't sweat it. But when I got to the game, and like I said, we had Iron Eagle and a random color guy. I was like, oh, so they really did just kind of. Yeah, bro, I can tell you, Romo and Nets. Romo and Nance did the uh, Green like, Bay wow. Eagles game. Did Dallas. Y'all did the Ravens game. Listen, and listen, and the Fox team did Dallas. Like, Dallas sucks. Right. Why are y'all doing that game? So somebody should have, somebody big should have done our game. But they ain't do our game like that. But that's okay. Because guess what? As I, as I pointed out on our page, people are starting to listen. And they see it and they understand it. This team might, might not be what we thought they were. So maybe we need to give them some some pub. 
So I'm not going to say it was because of us, but I'm going to say it was because of us. <laughs> right. So I'm going to go ahead, man. I'm going to move into my keys of the game. Uh, number one, my one of my keys to the game is always going to be the run game. I don't care who we play. That run game has to set the tempo. We do a lot of play action, but if the run don't happen, that play action don't happen. Right. So we got to have uh, my guys kill it. Uh, we have one of the best, if not the best, run game in the league, and we're going up against another really good run game, uh, one and two, I think, if I, if I remember correctly. So we got to – we have to show our end of that. Uh, secondly, our defense. We got to stop Lamar Jackson. Again, I think I alluded to it. I think I, I spoke on it. We have to attack that dude in any RPO situation like he still got the ball. Just take that dude down. Just tackle him. Because right. if he don't got the ball, guess what? He ain't got the ball. And just hit him. You know what, too, man? Just real Not quick. Like real quick. This is my, like my observation over the years watching football. Teams like Kansas City over the years, New England, um, trying to think who else. Well, just those teams that have like those unstoppable so-called offenses. Here's what I noticed. Normally those teams are able to do what they do is because the defensive coordinator or the other team is scared. They play like, oh, we got to play soft because we can't let these guys beat us over the top or we got to do this or do that. Um, check, uh, 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 the Rams, St. Louis Rams, another one, the greatest show on turf. What I've noticed when those teams were beaten and everybody was in shock is because the other defense was physical and hit the quarterback anytime that they could. Cause you know what? Quarterbacks do not like to be hit. I don't care who you are. Patrick Mahomes doesn't like to be hit. Tom Brady doesn't like to be hit. None of them. So even with Baltimore hit Lamar Jackson every time you can. All that dog on running, there has not been a successful team in the history of the NFL that had a, a, a quarterback whose main focus was to run. Randall Cunningham didn't have any true success in the league until his final three or four years when he learned how to be a pocket passer. That's not saying he wasn't exciting. That's not saying he wasn't a great player. Michael Vick is another one. Michael Vick, when he learned how to, how to pass when he was with Philly those two years, Look dynamic. Yeah. I enjoyed watching him more passing than I did yeah. when he was with the Falcons. He, had all that he, could, he could throw the ball. It wasn't that he couldn't throw exactly. the ball. So right now, the way everything is set up, man, just hit that guy because that's going to take a toll on his body. I don't care who you are. All those NFL type hits is going to take a toll and it's going to slow you down. You're kind of seeing it with him now. Just being in the league two years taking the hits that he's taking. Just got to raise your head yeah. and not do that head down helmet to helmet stuff. Right. But you got to you gotta make that contact. And that, to me, is one of the things. Like, you got to take that dude out. If he if you're doing an RPO and he's doing some fake ass, oh, I'm going to hand it to Agram or I'm going to hand it to uh, uh, Gus Edwards or whatever, man, I'm knocking your ass on your ass. I'm going to hit you and you're going to fall on your ass and you're going to be like, man, I don't care. Look, like to me, you got to have one guy that does that. 
That has to be his thing. And then we got to have guys that can get out there and get that. Because listen, if we, we're already averaging about four yards of carry. So we already know we're going to give up that. But let's take away the, the most effective part. Again, you have to just work through the processes. And that's the point I'm making. You have to work through the process, and you're absolutely correct. Knock this dude on his ass. Make that contact. Make him think secondary to the point where I got hit the last two or three times, even though I ain't had a ball, man, I'm giving this ball up. Like maybe they'll see that earlier. Like you have, you have to force the hesitation. But if you standing there and you in the pocket and you waiting, that open the, the gaps open up. You cannot wait. You gotta just go. So if I'm gonna go, and I'm saying this about the Browns defense, if you're gonna go, you gotta go. And you gotta go get that damn quarterback. You gotta kill it. Because the best player on the team is the, is the league's MVP. Kill him. And I mean that in football terms, not in physical right. terms. Yeah, because you, you, you don't want to have those people in black suburbans outside your house. Yeah, yeah. You know, they're right. probably listening to this transmission. So. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to have those people at your house. I but, mean that uh, in football terms. But so that's my second. And then my third is Baker Mayfield. I need Baker to be uh, what I've seen him kind of become. I'm not saying that he's going to throw another four touchdowns in the first half. I'm not saying he's going to throw another four touchdowns in a game. What I'm saying is I need to see the same Baker Mayfield who's concerned about not turning the ball over. I need yeah. to see the same Baker Mayfield who's concerned about making <sighs> smart throws, quick throws. Very quick, very accurate throws. If we get that, we're going to win this game. And I don't care what nobody got to say about it. Yeah. That, so we pretty much have the same keys. Like I said, mine in a nutshell, I need y'all to go out there and play some damn football. That's it. Um, but to be technical, you know, don't turn the ball over. I think our tight ends are going to be a key and have a big game and then contain their running game. So those are the, you know, pretty much my three keys. In a nutshell, man. So do you have anything else you want to talk about as far as rounds wise before we nope. move on to the next topic? Nope. All right. We we're talking about the Browns for about uh two, three, or four days straight. So we're good. <laughs> All right. So now what you want to talk about the Ohio State game that's not gonna happen. Let's talk about the Ohio State game that's not gonna happen. So I'm gonna step away for real quick on purpose. Cause I need y'all to see uh, this backdrop behind me, just in case y'all didn't see it all the way. Listen, we don't give a damn for the whole state of Michigan, quote by Woody Hayes. And that's true. Um, here in Ohio, one is... of the first things that we're taught when we come out the womb is to hate Michigan. Now, there are a couple of pockets in the state that don't abide by that. And we consider them kind of outliers. Um, yeah, you've got the, the uh, Toledo area. Yeah, you got the Toledo area who think they're they a little smaller version of Detroit. So they're kind of like Michigan fans up that way. And then you've got um, the University of Cincinnati. So that area in Southwest Ohio. That's actually that because they got the Bearcats. They kind of don't really follow Ohio State too tough. And I understand that. 
That's, that's actually Northern uh, Kentucky. Northern Kentucky, yeah. right. But other than that, for the, for, for, for the rest of us normal Ohioans, um, you know, we're pretty much taught to hate Michigan from the jump. From, from and, the start. From the start right. to the finish. From the start to the finish. We we don't we don't play these games with Michigan at all. We so these like jerks it. went ahead and canceled the game. Because um, they're jerks. You, you hit that right. They're jerks. They're jerks. Right. Now they said they have another COVID outbreak. And you know, I can't dispute that. You know, I, can't I don't know. It, but yeah, I, and I don't want to be insensitive because at the end of the day, safety is paramount. Everybody's I'm not, being, I'm not being insensitive, but <laughs> so we don't. You know what? And here's the thing. Here's the weird thing to me about this whole thing. Just, just me. I wasn't so much concerned with not playing Michigan. This season has been so weird. Everything has been so crazy. Before the season started, I already had made up my mind that we weren't going to have a season. So I already kind of made peace. I kind of made peace without playing Michigan. Um, And plus, we was going to hang 70 on them anyway. It wasn't going to be much of a game anyway. Now, the thing that had worried me was, was this going to cost Ohio State a trip to the college football playoffs? That's what what was my main concern when they canceled the game. Now, luckily, um, the Big Ten elite, not the elite, but the Big Ten brass, I should say, Finally, did something smart because they're not very smart uh, when it comes to other decisions. Because they need Ohio State in the playoffs because that's going to generate money for everybody. So they did finally vote to say that they relaxed the rules saying that you could play less than six games and still go to the Big Ten championship game. So we don't have a game this week, but the week after next, well, we don't know if we're going to play Northwestern. Now, technically, based on the schedule, you know, uh, uh, COVID not being considered, we should be playing Northwestern um, in a week and a half for the Big Ten Championship. We should go ahead and take care of them. And then that should go ahead and get us into the college playoffs. Probably we'll probably play Notre Dame uh, the first round. I know I'm getting ahead of myself, but I think we'll beat the breaks off for of Notre Dame. But- I think so too. I think so. But that's too. that that's a story for um another couple of weeks. But that's kind of the background of what's happening with Ohio State and Michigan. Now, there is a small part of me. People keep saying hey, people on the radio, some of the pundits was like, Well, there's no way that Michigan would just do this just so they wouldn't have to play Ohio State. And I'm like, Y'all give humans too much credit. Everybody thinks that all you know, Thank humans have integrity. Thank and you, Integrity you know what I'm saying? If we don't, like, like you got a man you, sitting in the highest office in the world right now, who's got zero integrity, right? Who's trying to do everything in in, in his power to say that our election process um, was illegal. The you same know, he wanted, he would not accept him to be the president. It, it, the, the same thing that make him makes him lose the presidency. Now right. there's a problem with it. Get that. And even it. worse than that, this this man has pretty much stopped governing the nation. Oh, at because all. He, he lost. He ain't done nothing in the last uh, month or so. Yeah, you nothing. ain't seen him on TV. Nothing. nothing. No speeches. No. No nothing. So to say that there is no chance at all 
that the Michigan brass sat down and was like, you know what, we can really screw Ohio State. We already know that, because think about this though, bro. Uh, at the beginning of the season, you remember when uh, Harbaugh uh, leaked that little information about Ohio State? Yeah, right. Uh, you know, you, you remember that, right? Basically trying to get us on probation. Uh, basically leaked that about us talking to people that we weren't supposed to talk to and all that kind of stuff. Like, And he was the one who leaked that, uh, Harbaugh. Mm -hmm. So he does that early in the season. And he ends up going two and four in the season. You think this guy don't still have an ace, quote unquote, ace up his sleeve? Right. One, two, so yeah, so anybody... And it, it, really, nobody who knows anything about, you know, any regular information is not uh, thinking that this is a possibility. Excuse me, my gosh, about this is a possibility. But, it, you know, you, you, you Michigan fans are very quiet. And I know a lot of you. I know a bunch of you. I know a, a whole lot of you. Y'all just want to give me rhetoric instead of talking to me or giving me something to lean on. So I don't have any other option but to give you rhetoric back. Because, you know, you guys aren't giving me anything. And I would like to talk to you guys. Corey Hill, for one. Um, you know, I, I have I have a number of Michigan fans and alumni. My sister-in-law graduated. I have two sister-in-laws who graduated from Michigan, uh, but they haven't said a word about any of this. Uh -uh, they haven't. They're, they're all silent. You're because because, because they know it just gives us another it gives us another mental advantage over them coming in the next year, knowing that y'all kind of like lightweight punked out the game. Now here's the thing: I think ultimately the Big Ten brass talk to the Michigan's AD and everything. It's like, look, we need to change the rules because ultimately um, Ohio State going to the um, college football playoffs makes money it for everybody everybody involved. It and everybody lost money this year. Benefits um, everybody. Everybody get a little pocket. Everybody get a little pocket change. So you, and you need that pocket change. So I'm yep. sure they voted to let Ohio State go to the Big Ten championship game. And on top of that, Michigan kind of saves space. Okay, yeah, we'll let them go, but they ain't they, they didn't kick our ass to do it, you know? So, yeah, so really all this. So we kicked y'all ass. And, and, and with all this being said, it really makes me hate Michigan even more. I ain't I can hate them anymore. <laughs> now I hate them more, you know? Yeah. So, and I mean, the whole COVID thing, it could be really legit. But normally, the way the thing has been working out through most of the season, a team will have a breakout, cancel a game, and then everything comes back to normal. You know, they have enough where they can the next – they don't cancel two in a row. I they feel like they did that shit on purpose, bro. Yeah, so. And that's that's just how I feel. I feel like, uh, you know, Michigan is a bunch of bitches. Say what you want to say. I know, I know people from Michigan. They might be a little bit upset. Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. But uh, now, at the end of the day, I, I think that Michigan is a bunch of bitches. 
I think Jim Harbaugh might be the biggest bitch that has ever existed on the planet. <laughs> and they've all come into the bitch cahoots to attempt to screw <laughs> Ohio State. And that's where it all started. And I'm not I'm not gonna relent on that. That's nothing. Listen, if you guys wanna 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 get at us, uh at me, bro. At me. Two guys in a mic. TWO uh guys in a mic two one six. Come but on. You know what though? Come ultimately, on. Ultimately what this comes down to is the ineptness of the Big Ten. I, I knew to be so arrogant and to be so <laughs> I don't know, to go into a season with COVID and you started late. So you see other teams, other conferences canceling games. To come in to start the season with no contingency plans for makeup games and to make a stupid rule saying you have to play at least six to qualify for the Big Ten championship, but you don't have any type of contingency plans to make up games or uh, I don't know. I don't want to blame have another hour for, like, for, for have breakouts, but but there's no kind of like the NCAA as a whole did a horrible job with their COVID but, protocols. It's just awesome. And, and, and that's because I knew you were going to say that. So I always was looking because you've said that before. We mm. we're before the season started. Again, this is why you need to listen to the show. Before the season started, Sean had the same exact rant before the college football season started. He thought that everybody else starting up before the Big Ten was ridiculous, not because other people or other uh, teams or conferences were better or worse. He thought it was ridiculous because it's an indictment on the lack of control and the lack of uh, the actual conference having control over those teams. Some of these teams, like Alabama, Alabama punked the SEC. The SEC didn't really want to play no games. Alabama decided they were going to play, and guess what the SEC did? So if Ohio State had done the same thing from day one, and this is exactly what Sean is saying, just hear me out. Had Ohio State done that from day one, we would have eight or nine games right now. We would. But Ohio State decided opposite because the Big Ten decided opposite. But I think the Big Ten decided opposite because Ohio State decided. Like, it's ridiculous that they play this hand-in-hand thing. You have to be the governing body. If you're the state, you got to be the state. If you're the municipality, you have to be the municipality. And if you need me to intervene, then I will. That's how the governing bodies should work right outside of the state then you ask the federal folks to come in because we need y'all to tell these dudes that this is within this realm etc etc that's how the government works or should work and that's exactly how college should work the problem was there was nobody who's going to tell michigan makes a lot of money for for the big 10 that but nobody makes more money than ohio state nobody so if Ohio State says, nah, we don't want to do that, guess who they're going to listen to? And Alabama is the same. And USC is the same. 
we make more money for our conferences than you do. So I don't want to play. All right, bet we ain't playing. And they, they just went with it. Because the Pac-10 was one of the other conferences that decided that they weren't going to play along with us. Is the Pac-10 even playing? Uh, I mean, I know I they are, but they're, well, they're so quiet they are, over there. Here's, here's the downfall. They're playing now, but they're not. A lot of their bowls are canceled. So they're still losing. Yeah, because they don't have – I don't think they have a school that's even – close to being eligible for the college And that's football. one of the reasons why. I mean, you got to think about this, bro, too. On top of whoever brings in the most money, you also got to think about whoever, uh, you know, what chances do we have to be in these big uh, uh, games? And the chances are kind of slim if you're a random Pac-10 football team. They not who 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 the hell is he worth it? Like if this was 1965, 1970, when the Pac-10 uh champion goes to the Rose Bowl, whoever shows up in the Rose Bowl is gonna get rolled over. Because who will win the Big Ten? Us. Right. We're gonna kill you. You're not even on our par. You understand what I'm saying? So it's a, it's a bad look right now for the for the Pac-10 in those terms. I don't know that they're they're ready for uh, that type of type of situation, bro. I just don't think they are. No. So well, at the end of the day, we get to go to the Big Ten championship game. Hopefully, you know, hopefully there's not another COVID outbreak on either team, and then we will discuss Ohio State further as the season rolls along and we enter the college football playoffs. So um, I think you wanted to talk about the Indians a little bit today too. Um, there's a little bit of news with them and shopping Francisco Lindor. I actually don't have a problem with it. I know everybody, the rest of the city is upset. I'm, I don't want to lose Lindor, but if they're not going to pay him and they already kind of made up their mind and not going to pay him, $400 million, get a good deal. Now, don't just trade him, you know, for, you know, a bag of corn twisters. I need you to, I need, I need you to get a haul, like some good young talent and, and not only like the young talent, but you need at least one player that's already established in the major leagues that can play now and kind of fill in his position. Do you think that that's what they're going to get though? I'm not sure. I'm not sure, like, unless you want to wait till the trade deadline and do it, but I don't want to have that hanging over his head. Like, if you're going to do it. You can't, to be honest with you, you can't come into the season uh, saying that we're aggressively getting ready to trade a guy and then have him all the way to the trade deadline. You can't do that. Right, exactly. So here's my thing. If you're going to trade him, do it before the season. If yeah. you don't trade him before the season, then you got to keep you got to assure him, hey, you're not going anywhere during the season, and then we'll we'll revisit everything after the season. You know that's how and, you kind of and, yeah. and, and now now I, I agree with that, but the thing is, and you read the same thing I read, 
the Indians have decided that they're aggressively going to approach trading Francisco. So when you hear that as a player, what's said at opening day, you know, comes? What what is like how do you how do you as a player approach that at bat or every other at bat or whatever? Well, see, most guys know that this is a business. Now you have some guys that are more sensitive to that than others. And like, oh, you don't want me. I don't feel wanted. And they shut down. Other guy was like, look, it's a business. I'm about to go here and ball out. As a matter of fact, I'm going to ball out so hard. Either I'm going to make you not want to trade me. Or when you do trade me, you're going to regret it. Now, where Frankie falls in there, I don't know. Now, he did kind of have an offseason last year. He did. Um, he did. Amid the, 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 the trade rumors. He so did. I'm kind of leaning that because I think Frankie wants to stay here. Everything he said, I know he and I, I honestly believe it. He wants to be here. Like I think he feels more comfortable here, and I agree with that. I, I totally agree. I think he wants to be here, but it is a business. So, you know, how does that affect? You know, you've aggressively, quote unquote, or you've said I've aggressively put you on the market. So now when you know, one of the, uh, you know, owners goes down into the locker room. And like, hey, hey, where's Frankie? Where's Frankie? I just want to give him a high five. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. Me as a player, I'm not coming out to give you no damn high five, man. Train right. me and, and get it done. But that shows and gives an effect on the team. It does affect the team. And we still have a young uh, a very young, very actually, we're still a very good team. We're still a middle of the road, top of the road team. Right. If if I was the Indians brass, this is what I would do. Haven't won a championship in 72, well, 72 54. years. 54? No, they, that's the no, last no, time no, they we went. went. Last 54. time they won was 48. That's uh, 48. Right. Right, right, yeah, right. So that's 72 years. But the nucleus that we have right now, and Frankie's under contract with two more seasons, I would go balls to the wall. I'm like, we're going to try to make this run and get this championship. And I know fiscally they, fiscally they got hurt last year, but all the other teams did too. But you but have enough talent in place. To me, you that's have enough talent in place right now that you can make a serious run at a World Series. And but I would go. Me, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go you know ahead. I would just go. I would go full steam. And and with these last two years, try to get a chance. And if you get a World Series, and then Frankie walks for nothing, you still got your championship. Well, and our farm system is good enough where we're bringing up cats every year that can play. I don't disagree with that. I don't disagree with that if that's what we can end up doing, if we can end up in the World Series. My only thing is, I don't know that we can end up in the World Series without moving this guy or putting something around this guy. Like, you, you understand what I'm saying? Does that make sense? I don't. Yeah, I, don't, I get because the Indians struggle offensively. And yeah, to like, me, I think that goes him. back to Terry Francona being too low. Now, we've had the same hidden coach for, same, for seven years, and he needs yeah. to go. Whatever his strategy is, 
his techniques for, for our, our approach to offense is absolutely terrible. So they act like we don't have the talent to hit. No, the Indians have the talent. No, the talent is there. To the, is there. They don't have the, the patience at the plate. Their approach to the game is bad. That's why we struggle offensively, not because we can't hit. Yeah. You know, so yeah. um, that's that. But if they trade, like, my thing is, man, we haven't won anything with them. And and that's no slight. That's no slight. No, no, I, can't, I can't disagree with that. I know you're and right. if we pay him $400 million, we're going to end up like Detroit is right now. Well, you're stuck maybe. with a bad contract. But maybe you got to figure out the because 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 you've seen Detroit's with those bad contracts, those big contracts, because you had guys that got you to a World Series. Okay. You have to make a smarter approach in his contract. So I'm not against them pitching uh him to other teams. My thing is you the thing that happened with Kyrie, oh, we got to trade him because he don't want right. to be here. It's not going to You play don't have to. Type of shit. Bro, you have to figure out what's the best play for you as the team. Uh, a, we don't have to trade you. And B, if we're going to trade you, uh, who I can't remember who said this the best way, but Kyrie's a diamond. You traded Kyrie for diamond dust. And, and and a little bit of gold dust potentially. We don't even know if it's gold dust yet because we haven't gotten it tested. And then you ended up with you realized that that gold dust wasn't even gold dust. It was just right. some sand. Right. Like you have to make sure that if you go and trade a Frankie Lindor, if you're gonna tell me, oh, we traded him because we ain't win no championship with him anyway, et cetera, et cetera, then you're gonna go get a dude that can win us a championship. Then. This dude coming in. Because Lindor is a huge piece on anybody's team. So you better make sure that what you get or what you can get gives you the opportunity to get that, what you claim that you don't have in him. Because if you miss, if you miss. Right. I agree with that 100%. So we'll talk about the Indians more as we get into spring training in February. Or if something happens where there's a big trade um, down the line, we'll you know discuss oh, that. Oh yeah, part. oh yeah, Carlos Santana, my homie, man, peace out. Oh bro. yeah, yeah, peace out. Uh, a long time Indian city, uh, a long time Indian, one of my favorite Indians uh, during this iteration of the Indians. So shout out to Carlos, man, love you, bro. Uh, have a good yeah. time down there in, in KC. I hope you do well. Yes, sir. All right, so you want to go ahead and review our picks from last week? Oh, yeah. Let's do that. <laughs> I forgot. Yeah, so right now... <laughs> I did. I forgot. <laughs> I'm, I'm ahead at, for one game. I'm 21 and 17. And I'm 22 and, and uh, 16. All right, so the first game we had was the Browns and Titans. Oh, Me shit. being oh. the, the sour pit, puss I am, I picked the Titans, so I lost that game. And you picked the Browns, right? I damn sure did. Next game, I must have been smoking crack last Wednesday. Uh, oh, next game was the Colts and the Texans. <laughs> I picked the Texans and lost that game. Hold up. <laughs> yeah, I smoked a whole lot of crack last week. 
Nigga, that is hilarious. And and chased it with some embalming fluid. These pigs were terrible. Nigga. I don't know what I was thinking. Nigga, you had um, some. You had some wet. Right. You had, what you say? You picked. Oh, wait, wait, the Texans and the Colts. Is that what you? I picked say? the Texans. Yeah. You picked. Well, guess what? I picked the Texans too. Did you? Good. So it wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad. We we both kind of sucked on that pick. All right. I so picked, then I then we had Detroit and the Bears. I picked the Lions. I actually got that game. I picked Chicago. So see. Okay. Wasn't that bad? Yeah, you was on that stuff too. You was on that on that soft. <laughs> I was on that hard. You was on that soft. Uh, that was soft white. That soft white. So they got the Saints and the Falcons, and I picked the Falcons. I picked you the sorry ass Falcons. You did, and I picked the yeah. Saints. Right. <laughs> and then finally, um, the Rams in Arizona. I picked the Cardinals, man. So I went one and four. And I my picked picks the Rams. Were, so that takes me to 22 and 21. That was not a good week for me. So I went one. Wait, I'm sorry. Hold on. One, two. I won three. Three and two. I went three and two this week. Okay. So uh, I'm 25 and 18. Yeah, you're starting to pull away a little bit. That's unacceptable. Yeah, that's mostly because I'm better than you at this. That's yeah, whatever. That that's how that works. I don't know what I was thinking. Like, how, how do I, Listen, why did bro, I do this? All right. So what are you, 22? You got 22, 22 and 21. Okay. Yeah, so I got, a, I got a nice, I'm like the Browns. If we lose this week, I still got a cushion. Still got a cushion, right. Still got All a right, cushion. so let's move into our uh, games for next week. So let's go on. Well, I should say and, this Sunday. Really starting tomorrow. Who's playing tomorrow? Uh, the Rams and the Patriots are tomorrow. Wait, hold let's on lead on. off with that game then. Let's lead off with the Rams and okay. Patriots. Okay, let's do that then. Let's do it. Rams at home versus the Patriots. I'm going Rams for a simple fact that Cam Newton hasn't thrown for over 100 yards in three weeks. How you complete? How you complete twelve passes only get sixty nine yards is beyond me. Do you know how much check down you have to do <laughs> to complete twelve passes to only get sixty nine yards? And that's all. Uh, I don't. I listen, bro. I have no idea what's happening that that that, that means that means that dude threw like twenty bubble screens. All that of game, them. like you the know? quickest check downs possible. All his linebackers and. <laughs> I mean, not linebackers. It's all his tight ends. Every last one of them are catching. They got like that dude has gone two straight weeks without thought. Now, if that was Baker Mayfield, everybody'd be killing him. They'd be killing him. Ain't nobody said nothing about it. This dude has not thrown over a hundred yards in two weeks. But that's neither here nor there. So I'm going with the Rams. Who you got? Yeah, I'm gonna go with the Rams too. Man, they're on the road. So uh, the Patriots are on the road. So I'm gonna go with the with the Rams. All right. And what's the next game we got? The next game, I'm going to go, we're going to go to the 6-6 Vikings versus the 7-5 Buccaneers in in Tampa. All right, so that's in the new sombrero. It's in the brand new sombrero. Oh, man. I'm going to go... 
I'm going to go Tampa. It's because Tom Brady has had two weeks to sit there and see about that last game that they lost. So he has had to see, like, see. for real, see. Right. That dude no, probably talked to his wife in two weeks. So I agree I'm going with, with, with Tampa. I agree with that. I'm I'm down with the with the Tampa Bay Bucks on that particular game. So uh, the next one, you got to go because I don't, I don't have access to. Uh, okay, I got you. Internet right now, so. So let's do the Kansas City Chiefs at eleven and one versus the hot and oncoming Miami Dolphins. Oh man, that's who are that's eight KC. and four. In 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 Miami, by the way. Miami ain't that good. That's KC all day. Now, Miami has a decent enough defense that they may give them a game for a little while. But uh, rookie quarterback in a big game like that, uh, I'm going KC. All right. So now we're gonna pick a dog game. I like picking dog games because you don't ever know who, how that's gonna play out. So we got the uh, three and nine Dallas Cowboys playing okay. against the two nine and one uh, Cincinnati Bengals. Where's that game at? In Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Um, Andy Dalton's homecoming. I'm going Dallas. <laughs> well, because I've seen Cincinnati play in Cincinnati with Andy Dalton, I'm going with Cincinnati. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> then finally, you've got the Browns and the Ravens. I'm going with my Brownies, and I'm looking at a score of, say, like 28 to 20. I think we show up, show out. I think we come physical, come in and make a statement. So my prediction for that game, Browns 28, the Baltimore Ratbirds 20. Now, normally I go very, very high on these games. I'm usually like high offense, et cetera, et cetera. I'm going 24-20 uh, Browns. Okay. Which is kind of low offense compared to some of the other numbers I've given. I'm, I'm going 24-20 Browns. And you know, I've gone back and I've done the research, and I'm I've been pretty more spot on than you have. Not a surprise. Um, and that's another reason why I'm ahead of you too, because not a surprise. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> So look, so is that it? You have anything else that that you need to say today? Yeah, I got a few things. I got one more thing, man, because like I said, I always want to promote uh, the businesses. So uh, one of my sorority sisters, uh, one of my good friends, Tiana uh, Bame, she has also also has a cookie company, 
but she does macarons, not macaroons, because the macaroons had the, the uh, coconuts in them. She does yeah, yeah, macarons. Yeah. So she does different flavors of macarons. I'm trying to get this right because I'm not trying to eat this, this bad stuff. I don't, have no, I don't have no time for this bad stuff. So I'm going to eat real quick on, on site. Oh, this peppermint. I don't want that peppermint joint. I think they ate all the stuff I wanted to eat. My family did. Because <laughs> they, they suck. <laughs> right. My family is not friendly when it comes to eating snacks. I'm not a big snack guy anymore, but I want to send a shout out to, to the Soror. I'm going to eat this. Uh, I think this is a strawberry cheesecake macaron. Looks good. I tell you what, if this was coffee, if you got some coffee or some tea, man, this thing banging. It, those aren't really easy good. to make either. That's one of the hardest cookies to make. Yeah, listen, that cookie banging. So, the name of her business is uh, More Flower to You Bakery. Y'all can reach her. She has a Facebook page, More Flower to You Bakery, on Facebook. Uh, she also uh, can be reached uh, by telephone at one four four zero nine four one zero eight two five. She has multiple, multiple uh, flavors of her macarons. Again, they're not made with coconut. It's, it's not macaroons which are made with coconut. These are not made with coconut at all. I hate coconut. Those are really good. I'm gonna finish that. I'm not gonna finish it on air because I don't want to see y'all or y'all to see me finish it. <laughs> Being greedy, pretty yeah. much. <laughs> but that's a shout out to my Soror. She's a uh, a member of Phi, uh, excuse me, Phi Beta Sigma. She's a member of Zeta Phi Beta for uh, sorority. <laughs> my Sorors are gonna kill me. Zeta Phi Beta Sorority Incorporated. <laughs> They're going to kill me because I butchered that. However, I love y'all. Much love. I'm going to finish this uh, cookie real quick. Sean, you know all our specs. Get these cats our specs, man. Let them all know right, so you can catch us on YouTube. Our YouTube handle is Two Guys and a Mic 216. Please make sure that you subscribe and click the notification bell. You can also stream us, stream our podcast, several locations. You can stream us on Spotify, just two guys in the mic. Um, also on Anchor, on iTunes, on Google Podcasts, any streaming platforms, two guys in the mic. You can go to our Facebook page at two guys in the mic 216. You can also go to our Instagram page at two guys in the mic 216 for updates. You know, we post articles, you know, different things that happen throughout the day. Um, you can interact with us that way. Um, you can also, when you go on YouTube, you can make a comment uh, about whatever, also on Facebook. And then, you know, we will reply and we'll interact with you. So uh, I think that's pretty much it for um, tonight's show. Thank you guys once again for tuning in. Go Browns. Um, so we'll probably will not see you guys until 
Sunday night, I mean, Monday night, which means that the podcast probably be available like Tuesday morning. So that, mm-hmm. that'll be a victory Tuesday mm-hmm. after we dismantle the Ravens. And then, mm-hmm. you know, we'll bring you all our analysis and our thoughts on the game. And then, you know, what we're going to do moving forward. So, all right, Ryan, you have a good night. Have a good rest of your week. Thanks, and- bro. You too. I love you, man. Yep. I love you guys. Love you Thank you for showing up. Thank you for listening. Uh, keep getting our name out there. We're going to ca- try to keep getting you guys' names out there. As long as, uh, you know, we're always going to interact. We're always going to show some love. So, again, thank you, Sean, for allowing me to interrupt your week. Uh, was my uh, no, it's no interruption. It is what it is. It's what we do. Cool sugary because <laughs> I always got some nonsense. But, man, I appreciate you, bro. I, I thank you for your contributions to this show because this would not be two guys in a mic without Big Sean. It would not be two guys in a mic without Big Sean. So. Shout out to my homie. I love you, man. Uh, and we will see y'all probably uh, Monday night, Tuesday. Peace out. Peace, bro. You've just listened to Two Guys in a Mic with Ron Pierce and Sean Davis. Tune in to us on Sunday after the NFL games for our next podcast. Until then, peace.